This episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast is brought to you by Forward, a virtual empowerment summit designed to help you move forward in achieving your goals and move forward in living your dreams. And best of all, it's free and registration is open right now, but seating is limited. To get your ticket and your seat for this summit, just click the Forward Summit link in the description of this here episode. You're in a relationship, women want you to be emotionally available to them. Mm -hmm. They want you to be, you know, sensitive, but you can be sensitive, but not too sensitive. Right. You can, oh, I want you to act like this, but not too much of like that. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's never specifically for men. We always struggle with finding the place where it's where it's enough and it's okay and right it starts from childhood and then it kind of leads through our adult life you know that's just my opinion so yeah i definitely think that that is that narrative placed on us from from the beginning yeah from So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. I am elated that each and every one of you has returned uh, to listen to another episode. And I'm hoping that some of you were intrigued by the title of this episode. It's okay for men to cry because that is a stigma that has plagued men in general. I'm not even going to put a um, a nationality or a race on it. It's a stigma that's plagued men for all of eternity. But before we get into that, today you are going to hear another voice other than mine. Um, but it is not a guest typically that I would typically have on the podcast. Today I have a guest co-host, which is pretty awesome um, in, in my eyes. And we are going to break this thing down together and we're going to let it be known that it is okay for men to cry. So my guest co-host today is somebody, I, I, I met him um, on purpose, but by accident uh, at, at the same time. It's when we were both working in the medical field and he came to attend a class and I'd seen him before, but on social media, you all know how you, you look at somebody who you saw on Instagram before and you'd be like, I saw that person on Instagram before, but no, I, I asked him, I'm like, Hey, is your wife's name? So-and-so. And he looked at me as any man who would look at another man who comes and ask about their wife. Like, yeah. But then we started having an organic conversation and, we ended up becoming friends. Um, he is a, a husband. He's a great father. Um, he is a son. 
He's a nephew. He's a friend. He's a brother. He is a business owner. Um, he is a performing artist. He's a writer. Listen, if I continue to go on all the things he is, we'll never get to the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I would like to welcome my guest co-host for this episode of Beyond the Coffee Table, the podcast. It's okay for men to cry. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Khalif Carter Jennifer. Sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, bro. I appreciate you, you know, taking this time out to sit down and chat this thing up. You know, you know, this is a a bad thing that goes on, you know, with men all over. So I'm I'm grateful that you said yes when I send out the text, like, hey, I got this idea. You know, and I'm I'm thankful to you for, for saying absolutely. <laughs> Open the doors, and this is this is where it starts. You know, you have a platform that is allowing you know, the, the conversation to start being had, you know, yes. bringing the conversation to the table, the, the coffee table, well, beyond the coffee table, rather. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to be a part of. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. And I appreciate you I, again. You're going to hear me say that a couple of times. I, I, it's just something I always do. Um, But before, before we get into that conversation, you and I are both Advent Bruno Mars fans. Yes, sir. So like it, it's like we had a conversation before when we said Bruno Mars is our Beyonce. Right. Yeah. So I have to ask. I have to. I have to ask. Leave the door open. Yes, sir. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, you know, everything he does, I think, is uh, genius. I mm-hmm. He adds the old school flair on it. Um, being a writer myself, that's what I like. Any music that I add to my playlist or add, you know, to my, uh, you know, everyday listening, whether I'm in a car or got my headphones in, like he's always a part of it. But I always, mm-hmm. you know, the skills of a writer, right? I identify with first beyond my love for music. So he's like in my like top three. So um, everything he pretty much you know does to me is like epic. But yeah, man, I'm. I, I love it. My my kids love it. You know, Bruno is a part of my household. So mm-hmm. yeah, we even had a dog named Bruno. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but like, I, I love it too, man. I When I first heard it, I was like, uh, okay. So he's he's doing it again. He's giving us classic, feel-good R&B again. And, and um, the fact that he did it with Anderson Pac was just a plus, you know. Cause I believe he's incredible, also. Yeah. So, um, getting into the conversation about it being okay for men to cry. So, in society, fifty years ago, twenty-five years ago, and sadly, still in society today, boys are being raised into men to believe boys and men do not cry. If a boy falls down, what does he systemically hear when he begins to tear up? He hears, no, no, don't you do that. Boys don't cry. Dust yourself off. Get up. You're okay. And that is where the problem begins. But today in this episode, um, we change that narrative because it is okay for boys and men to cry. It's okay 
it's okay. It's okay. And not only is it okay, it's acceptable. So, you know, we're going to dive into it. So if you're a woman who, you know, knows a guy who doesn't cry, um, if you're a male who, you know, chooses not to cry for whatever reason, we're going to break it down, let you know it's okay. Ladies, your man is not less than a man. Should he choose to shed some tears around you, you should actually feel, um, I'm not going to say honor, but I'm going to say honor that he chooses to cry in front of you because that is one of the most vulnerable states when we allow water to come out of our bodies through our face. Um, so, so, bro, mentally, um, I wanted to start this one a little different. How are you today mentally? Mentally, man. Actually, today, and I'm going to take that not so much in the literal sense, but more so, you know, within this day and time of, um, you know, just where our country stands uh, and just where we stand as, you know, amongst men, specifically Black men. Of course, um, there's, a, there's a great portion of me that's uh, mentally exhausted. Okay. Understandable. Yeah, exhausted from what's going on and, you know, in our society, like beyond the pandemic and beyond the, uh, you know, the kind of crisis that has taken place for over the past year, but mm -hmm. much what has been going on with police brutality. And then on the other side of that, there's another part of me that is uh, extremely, you know, relieved pretty much just from where I've been in the past year, year and a half. You know, I'm actually like pretty much coming out of a place that was like a dark place. Okay. There is like two sides, you know, of the coin for me, like, you know, just being exhausted from what's going on, but at the same time feeling like relieved and, 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 and grateful and appreciative of where my life is now and where it's going. Um, you know, like I said, I came out of a dark place. So, yeah, man, I, I'm just, you know, 50-50, but I will say beyond anything else, like I'm grateful and I'm appreciative. Um, I'm in a good place mentally. Okay. So that, that's, that's a great thing to hear that you are in a great place. Um, why do you believe there's such a stigma to men not being allowed to cry? Um, and, and that stigma being set by society and sometimes even in one's household that you're not supposed to be crying. Crying is for babies and yeah. women, women at weddings. Why, why do you think that is? So I think there's, there's multiple answers. And, I, and of course, it's probably based on experience, experience for each man. Uh, but, you know, I think it starts with, as you said, you know, when you're young. And I think there's so much, you know, when you're born and you have this these, these uh, genders that's placed on, you know, or that you, that you have a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. you, girls are supposed to go up, grow up this way. Boys are supposed to grow up this way. And anything outside of what the traditional norm is, you know, people, society, side eyes, that, you know, those narratives. Right. So I think it starts there. That's the foundation. And I know you said you didn't want to necessarily put um, a race or anything on it, but I think specifically for African-American men, mm -hmm. boys, um, there are so many things that are placed on us from childhood that's, that pretty much leads that foundation of how vulnerable we are supposed to be or allowed to be. 
Right. How vocal about our emotions and how like how much we're supposed to give. So if you notice, just for example, um, you're in a relationship, women want you to be emotionally available to them. Mm-hmm. They want you to be, you know, sensitive, but you can be sensitive, but not too sensitive. Right. You can, oh, I want you to act like this, but not too much of like that. <laughs> so it's 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 never specifically for men, we always struggle with finding the place where it's where it's enough and it's okay. And right. I, it starts from childhood and then it kind of leads through our adult life. You know, that's just my opinion. So yeah, I definitely think that that is that narrative is placed on us from where from the beginning. Yeah, from the get. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would agree with you on everything you just said. And I think it, it puts us at a disadvantage right. in, in life, period. Because like, so, so can, I be, can I be a counselor if I've never been able to express myself the way I'm telling my clients to express themselves? So does that even put me at a disadvantage when it comes to what I can do in the workforce because I'm not allowed to cry. Yeah. Or so that's what you've been telling me since the beginning of my existence on this earth that I'm not allowed to cry. I'm supposed to just get up, dust it off. Even if it's paining me, I'm supposed to just keep going. Doesn't that make you feel... So I know there's different emotions behind it, but is there for you, do you feel like there's any anger there because of it? Like that people kind of have this uh narrative about men these days and how we are and you know how they're angry and mental health issues but then they have this you know narrative about crying do you feel like any of that makes you angry because you, do you think things would be different today if we were necessarily allowed to cry absolutely i i believe it all makes us angry and then it makes us angrier and then it makes us angriest because we don't have anywhere else to put it and when you, when you continue to suppress your feelings and you don't express, oh, this is how I'm feeling, you don't have anyone to tell, you know, I'm, that really hurt me. And you don't, you, you're not allowed to say, oh, that hurt my feelings. That just turns to anger and you get harder and harder and harder. And it comes out in other ways. It comes out and, and you're driving. Like you get cut off and it's like, whoa, that wasn't that it wasn't even that serious. But the person that cut you off is paying for the years of emotions that you had to suppress. So that's why I had that's not me in particular. My real rage is fine now. (laughs) That's why, you know, certain people, their real rage is through the roof because of all the crying they wanted to do that somebody told them they're not allowed to do. I I really believe that. I believe that's why there's such a huge, um, when it comes to the gun violence, I believe that's a contribution to it. You're not allowed to really express your emotion on someone hurting you. So you bottle it up and it turns into anger. You, you You get a lot of soda poured into you instead of water um and then you know when you take a bottle of soda and you shake it up and you take the cap off it it burst and 
you know, the, the, that's all the emotions that we have to keep bottling up. And eventually you can't put any more in the bottle. So the bottle explodes. But we should be able to have water poured into us being pure and saying, yes, it's okay. Because when you shake up a bottle of water and you put it back down, it instantly settles. And that's why I'm glad that this conversation is even happening right now, because I think that if if this comes up enough, if this circulates enough, if this conversation comes up more and more, I think more we'll be able to change the narrative. Of, mm-hmm. um, you know, just period. It, it's starting in our communities, in our neighborhoods, um, amongst our friends and family. I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely think it's going to take a lot of work. You know, and definitely a village. But I think um, now. When you when you came up with this idea about crying, um, mm-hmm. I look at now. Of course, there's like literally crying and, and emotion, you know, emotions of like that physical act of crying. But right in my eyes, when I you know heard the topic, I'm like, okay, emotions in general, um, you know, emotion have a man having emotions in general, and what a man is allowed to feel or should not feel, and so there's so many different things that centered around, you know, crying for me. And okay. so, so many just restrictions on a man's emotions in general. And I, I guess, you know, I always look at things, you know, whether it's on social media or whether it's friends or whether it's encounters that I may have had in the past, mm-hmm. have limitations on what a man should do. Like, oh, so if somebody did something, oh, you're a man, that's you should just let that roll off your head. <laughs> Or, you know, or this person or even a woman, if a woman, you know, says something to you, this is how you, you know, behave or react. And although there's standards and there's things that I want, of course, my son to live by when it comes to, um, you know, what or the respect you have for a woman. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I don't want him to feel like, oh, because I'm, I'm a man, I'm not allowed to feel. And that's just not crying, but any type of uh, emotion that society says that men should or should not have. Right. Absolutely. So like, and like you just mentioned, you have a, a young son. Right. So are you raising him to know that it is okay for him to cry and express and show his emotions? Yes. So that's, that's the thing about it. Um, I, I am. So my son's four, he'll be five in August. So he's, you know, he's getting ready to go to kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm mentally preparing because that's a, Oh, you know, like I said, it's kindergarten, it's kindergarten, but it's, it's more so like other kids. It's not just about you. You're not so much as, you know, being baby five, you're in a setting with so many different personalities. Mm-hmm. So I kind of prepare him for that. So him crying, I allow him to understand, like, you are allowed to have emotions. Right. You are allowed to cry. Now, do I, I kind of have him on, let's say, uh, 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 like pretty much, I don't want him to, when something doesn't go your way, the first thing that you do is cry. Right. I, I kind of teach him, or I would like to teach him um, that your emotions is fine and to have emotions is fine. But however, when things don't go your way, I don't want that to be the first thing that you identify with. And I don't want him to get comfortable with that because in life, many things are going to go, are going to go wrong. Right. Many things you want to come your way that you don't like. So I'm kind of working with him how to handle his emotions. Now he's young and 
him crying is probably going to going to be his first go to. But I, I I guess it's more so me working with him with his emotions slash his personality and seeing who he is and identifying with who he is and how he handles his emotions. And I think that's what's important. And, and I think that's a good point that you just made. It's, it's not that we want to cry. And when I, when I use the term cry, like you said earlier, I was talking about emotion, being able to show and express emotion. Um, that's one thing I, I absolutely love about my wife is she does not in any means um, make me feel bad about my emotions. If I'm upset and there is anger, I know that I can express that with her. If I'm upset and there are tears in my eyes, I know that I can express that with her. Like with especially in today's culture with or climate with every single thing that's going on. Um, with George Floyd and with Dante Wright and with, um, oh, I feel so bad. I forgot his name. Uh, the third, the 13 year old who we just found out about. And right. Like we, 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 and, and we're just finding out about him. So it's like, why, why are we just finding out about him? Uh, Adam Toledo. I did not want to, Leave his name out. Um, but it's like that does something because th- this is a, these aren't just grown men. We're talking grown men. We're talking boys. We're talking women. Um, all, of course, you know, of, you know, a, a certain background, a certain hue, a certain color who are being stolen and it's like, if, if I'm not allowed to express that I'm feeling sad because I have to turn on the news every single day and watch this every single day and go to work and hear about people talking about this every single day, then what is that going to do? It's going to harden and it's going to turn to anger and frustration. And that's all I'm going to have to give. Um, so when's the last time you've had an expression, an expressing of a raw emotion. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see. I'd say probably a couple couple days ago. So the thing, so so the thing about me is, I am, um, I'm, I am emotional. Okay. And when I when I say emotion, this is not just you know crying, but I cry. Like I'm not, I'm. I can honestly say I'm in a great place when it comes to my emotions. And okay. Meaning that I went through enough things, experienced enough lessons and karma. And of course, there's more uh, to life. But I think that pretty much, you know, the things that I've been groomed with basically from childhood and into my young adult life and now my adult life, mm-hmm. I'm in a good place to say I'm emotional. I'm OK with that. And so, yeah, it's, I'm basically saying that to say, like, I'm just emotional. I'm emotional when it comes to my kids, whether it's mm-hmm. a milestone that they have or they reach, um, you know, it's something with my wife or if she does something for me, I, um, you know, just so I'm, I'm emotional, period. But yeah, I, I probably, I would say a couple of days ago, um, yeah, I was, I was praying and I go to a spot. I have a particular spot when I want to just talk to God one-on-one and, um, you know, we, I go to like this hill and, uh, you know, when I, when I go talk to him, sometimes it'll just be conversations him and I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll cry. I'll cry. And, you know, I, I'm good with that. Like, right. I, with that um 
And of course, some people may not, you know, may not identify with that, but I think that, hey, yo, everybody cries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody has everybody has that emotion. I think that there's people that don't allow themselves to be, become that vulnerable, even within, and the, and the sad part about it is I think men have that, like the men that feel like that it's not okay to cry, even when they're alone, mm. they can't do that. And that's, right. I think if you can't cry alone, then man, you know how much things you're holding in? Yes. That, you know, you because it's like, you know, it's one thing to have to do it in front of other people, but if you're alone and you can't do that, wow. Mm-hmm. Imagine those uh, things that go, go on internally in your mental health. Yeah. And, and that's why mental health is such an important thing we need to take care of. You know, it's not just going to the doctor when your stomach hurts. You know, I'm just using that, of course, as an example. Um, I know we don't go to the doctor when our stomach hurts, unless it's to that point. But, you know, we need to go seek mental health physicians, you know, psychiatrists, life coaches, if you need one, hit me up. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, if, if you can't cry alone, something is definitely wrong. And I'm not saying something is wrong with you. I'm saying something is wrong in, in our programming. Um, I actually just had a, a moment emotionally yesterday when I was sitting. Um, I'm a, I, I've become a part of this community um, and it's called Coco Life. And it's basically a support community um, of black and brown women and men. And it's, you know, a, a little boy passed away. And one of the founders created a video and it was just a video of people letting the family know, hey, we support you. We're here for you. If you need us, let us know. We'll do what we need to do. But in watching that and hearing over and over again, we're here for you. We love you. I know that, you know, what you're going through right now, words can't even begin to express, you know, how you're feeling. and tears begin to fill my eyes and fall down my cheeks. And I I was perfectly fine with that. I was sitting alone, but even if somebody else would have been sitting there with me, I still would have had that same emotion because of my comfortability within myself. And because I was, I was raised by women all women and not because my father was a dead or anything. He passed away when I was four years old. Um, but I was raised by all women and I, I always got to see that emotional side. And then, you know, I was always told, express yourself, show your emotion, don't hide it. I don't care who it's for. And I believe more of people need to hear that. So if you do need to hear that, express your emotion, don't hide it from anyone because anyone who would judge you, based off of how you feel is not somebody you want around you anyway. But you know, I got, I got a question for you with that thought. Okay. Well, two questions for you. So the first one is, I noticed that men like you or I, um, or, you know, and I've heard this from, you know, a few other guys mm-hmm. and they, most of the time when they're good with their emotions and who they identify themselves with, when it comes to their emotions, a lot of men, you'll find that a lot of men say, I was raised by women, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So that's, so the first part of it is for me is like, do you, A, do you notice that or have you experienced that? But B, have you 
do you feel that that is another issue when it comes to the emotions of men? Because I've, I haven't heard men talk about, oh yeah, I was raised by my dad or I was raised around guys and they taught me that, it, you know, that it, this was okay. So you'll find that a lot of men say, you know, um, that, that who, who can identify with their emotions that I was raised by women. So have you experienced that? Mm. How do you feel like that's the case? You know what? I, I've, I've, I have experienced other men raised by men. I mean, other men who were raised by women say that. But now that you now that you bring it up, I have not known of many raised by men who um, are that way. I, I do know some who were raised in dual parent households where both mom and dad were present, um, and they can express their emotions uh, to an extent, but wholeheartedly, like being able to just sit there and break down and cry i don't think so i could be wrong um so if you're listening don't don't start texting me like no you're wrong (laughs) because i i just think so um but wow yeah i never i i don't i can't say that i am aware of a male who is raised by a male who feels they can go and express their emotions the way that you or I or other people who were brought up by women. Well, were you always like that? Were you always pretty much secure in that? In Absolutely. That? Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't, I don't give a, a bird's <laughs> eye who's around. Like you, you're going to say what you want to say, whether I'm sitting there stone like a rock or whether I'm melting like jello. It does not matter to me. It used, it, 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 it did at one point matter what people said, but I never allowed that to change my expressing myself. Like I might, I might have at one point allowed what someone thought or had to say to change an action, but never an emotion. If that makes sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, no doubt. If I if I was going to cry, I was going to cry. I don't care. I remember uh, when I went to basic training um, in the Air Force sitting on my on my bed and tears just began to come out of my eyes and i really didn't know why um but i guess i was getting in the conditioning of you're supposed to be this stone cold individual the breaking down process uh you know that's just how they do in uh basic military training or what have you but i and it just started coming out and i think it started coming out because eventually it's got to have some place to go you know, so in it, at that moment, it was like, okay, this is, this is the bottle exploding and here come the tears. And that was that. And what, about 60 other guys around? I could care less. I didn't care. They're like, hey, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just getting it out. And then I'll be all right. Are you good? <laughs> you want to you wanna sit next to me and, uh, and join in? <laughs> you know, so I, I think we need, we need more of that. You know, we need to be able to call up our brother and be full of tears and they pick up a phone and just listen, because sometimes that's all we need. We just need listening, like just listen for for five minutes and then we're going to hang up and you're not going to bring it up and I'm not going to bring it up. You may ask me when you see me 
you good? And I look at you and say, I'm good. And then we keep it moving, but we don't need to rehash the whole thing. I just needed that. I just needed you in that moment. You know? I wish I was there, though. I honestly say, because I have not always been the way I am now, of course, but because you, you know, when I asked you, have you always been that way? You said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I went through, and that's why I can speak to both sides. I remember, this is just recently within the past, maybe, mm, maybe like five years or so. Okay. Uh, I remember going through a phase of, uh, and this is, it's funny, I can laugh about it now, but um, like proving my masculinity through not mm-hmm. As I said, I was, all, I'm, I'm an emotional person. Right. Going through this phase, and it was kind of one of the worst times in my life because I was kind of proving that, like, oh, I can't, I'm not emotional because people were, you know, were identifying that, uh, you know, the emotion of crying and me being a man, and they were making it a negative, negative thing. So right. I kind of got jaded by people that I didn't allow myself to be as motion as emotional emotionally available um, as I normally would feel internally. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember all that did was kind of make me hard. Like, like, like meaning I'm naturally um, an empath, you know, like I, I, I empathize with people. So right. I didn't allow me to show one of the best qualities of myself um, to other people. And I became so hard and I became so pretty much like just, angry and it was like that you know analogy that you were using about the soda like I literally can't became that way mm-hmm. um, and I had to tear things down and go and even when I was um you know going through therapy I literally had to start from the core and start from scratch and I think right. that's what to happen with a lot of young men a lot of men in general that we don't like to start from scratch like start mm-hmm. from the core of things and say okay let me figure out why do I feel like this is not okay to do why can I not be emotionally available or, or cry? What does that come from? Right. Um, and I, people felt, or men felt more okay with that, you know, that that was okay. Um, I think that a lot of this, these things would change. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. So, so going, going with that, um, all the, all the mass shootings that are happening, there, there's, there has not been, and, you know, I put it in the atmosphere, pray to that there will be no more mass shootings, period. Um, however, every time we see the person or hear the name, it's a male. There are no female mass shooters. Do you feel the lack of being able to express oneself as a man Um is not, I'm not going to say is the reason, but is is a part of the fabric that builds up. And for whatever reason, these people do this, um, plays a bit a, a portion of a role when someone goes and does something as drastic as a mass shooting. Uh, so I definitely want to be careful with it because I don't want anyone to hear this and think like know that I am a kind of making an excuse, right? Right, right, right. People feel that way, but um, you know, because my own belief is that I don't feel like there, you know, there is an excuse for that. However, not at all. Yeah, I I feel like if I was to use the word outlet, yes, mm-hmm. um, because it co- like nothing doesn't come from nothing. Mm-hmm. Something always comes from something, no matter what it is across the board. So I think. 
men do not have an outlet. And let me be clear on this. And you and I have talked about this one-on-one in creating outlets for men. Like you can literally scroll on social media, across the internet, Google. There are clubs, there are organizations for women, brunches, seminars Mm -hmm. that allow these women to go, even Instagram Live, like literally to go and have these conversations with other women, like-minded women or moms, um, especially moms, you know, they feel like, oh, moms are tired. Moms mm-hmm. out. Mom's this or women are this and so many different things with the camaraderie of women that I give them the outlet for, to, for them to have these emotions. But men, I feel like we have limited resources and don't get me wrong, there are resources out there, um, but I think there are limited resources for men, specifically African-American men that mm-hmm. allow us to engage as an outlet for these emotions and all these different things. So when we don't have an outlet, what happens? That the soda analogy happens. Right. It's just, I feel like it plays a part. I, I put it that way. It plays a mm-hmm. part. I think, yeah. To answer your question, yeah. And like you said, there, like, I was not making um, an excuse for, for that behavior. There is no excuse for going and doing, you know, doing that. Um, I don't condone it, anything of that nature. Um, it was just something that popped into my into my mind. So you went, you actually attended a men's retreat that was tailored to um, building up a man. Uh, and, and I remember when you sent me the email, and I was like, "Yo, this this is this is decent." Uh, you know what what's going on and what you were about to embark upon. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, man, so I guess I could tell you, and I guess it's one of those things where they like to keep a lot of the details about the the retreat kind of like confidential or private only because what they want each man to experience. Um, Gotcha. But what I I will say is, it's it's called the Crucible Project. Uh, So, and if you look it up, you probably can't find a lot of details online, like what happens and you'll see different forms and things. But um, so I I found out about the retreat from a book that I was reading. And the book ironically is called Cry Like a Man. Mm -hmm. Author is Jason Wilson. It is a phenomenal book. And it's actually, you know, God has a sense of humor because things kind of came around full circle. I'll get to that in a minute, but um. So yeah, I found out about the retreat through that book and um, I decided that I would go um, and I went to one in Connecticut. And um, so pretty much before the retreat, you have all these different things that you have to do. It's like, you have to send like a questionnaire to your closest friends and family and they have to answer these questions about you. They have this journal that you have to like, you have to have a journal that you prepare maybe like a week or so um, before the actual retreat. And they give you like a list of things that you're supposed to bring, like M&Ms. I had to bring M&Ms, uh, like a flashlight, water bottle, that kind of thing. Um, but what I will say about the actual retreat is that the they, they're trying to, in a sense, break you down to build you up. Mm-hmm. And, so, and um, you go, you kind of have, and I will honestly say I was, I was, a little intimidated when I upon my arrival. Okay, I was I was intimidated a little bit because I guess their their uh, methods are uh, 
it's it's kind of mm, how can I say this? So it's kind of like whoa, like what did I get myself into? I'm leaving, kind of. Thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think ultimately, if you can, if you can get through the beginning stages, uh, you got you, you're good. Uh, so yeah, but pretty much it's just it's it's an event um, or a retreat that allows you to to kind of become your most vulnerable self um, and kind of confront some of the things that you know, starting with the core that do not allow you uh, to cry or do gotcha. not the best version of yourself um, as a man. And um, you know, you find a lot of different men uh, have went through that from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. All different like walks of life. You have you know husbands there, fiancés, um, and then the good part about it is like at the end, like you, if they do like a ceremony where you can come back with your friends and family, and they kind of you know give you a you know just like kind of talk about you a little bit and talk about your process. But it is things that are like physical. It is things are about things that are mental within the retreat. So I guess without giving too much away, because. Um, I definitely want you actually to go, Terry, and a few other friends of mine. But um, yeah, I, I just without giving too much away, I definitely believe that it's something that's necessary. Tools like that allow men to have an outlet and, and allow them to be built up. That's awesome. And, and you use the word vulnerability, which is a hard word for many men to say. And an even harder action for many men to display. Um, you can be friends with someone for, for 10, 20 years and never have, have a vulnerable moment with them because you don't want to open yourself up to whatever scrutiny or criticism that might come your way when there might not be any. Um, o- opening up and being vulnerable is certainly something with friends that I had to work on okay. uh, because I, di- I didn't want to be judged. Now, I was cool with my emotions. That, w- that was one thing. But being vulnerable, telling people things about me, um, letting them know about stuff that that's happened to me as a child or in my, at my teen and young adult years and you know, in the military and out of the military, things of that nature. Um, that was one of the hardest parts for me. And it was even a struggle with my wife at the beginning. Um, but of course, this was pre-wife. And then one day, one, one evening, um, I lost a friend to a motorcycle accident. Okay. And I called her up on the phone and had tears in my eyes and frogs in my throat. Um, but she just listened to me and didn't say anything. Just just listened to what I had to say. Um, and when I was done, she gave me a few words of, uh, you know, comfort and things of that nature. She was all the way up in Buffalo, New York, and I was all the way down in South Carolina. Um, but she was there for me in that vulnerable state. And then the next day I called her asked me my girlfriend and, you know, that's all she wrote. <laughs> but, you know, it was that was like my my first big moment because she she was my best friend. Literally, we would talk to one another about who we were dating at the time um, that and give honest input on what we think the other person should do to make the relationship better. 
Um, but after that night, I was like, you know what? This girl is not just my my best friend. Like she needs to be more. And that's when I asked her to be my girlfriend. And then, you know, a couple of years later, down the line, she ended up becoming my wife. Um, but you know what? That makes a difference, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I think because you know you're speaking about your your wife, and I think having being having someone in your corner like that that allows you to be that way with them authentically you um, mm-hmm. is I think that is a part of what makes us agree and even us being emotionally available like that because I think that is such a blessing and it, this could go so many different ways but it's I think that being able to have a woman in your life that that kind of sustains you and that area of who you are and, you, and being emotional and accepting you for who you are and your flaws and all that kind of thing, but truly allows you to be yourself in the area of emotions, assists with this mandate of being emotionally vulnerable as a man. Right. And then I, I honestly think it makes us better for them, you know, for, for our partner, for our wives. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So it's like a, it's a double... You know, it's, it's, it's two sides of the spectrum, but it actually, you know, helps each other, especially in a marriage. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, um, so I, I consider you to be a friend. We already got through that in the beginning of the conversation. And I feel I know the answer to this question. However, I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Are you someone um, who your friends know if they are going through something and they find themselves needing to be vulnerable they can pick up the phone and call you i believe so um and and i guess if it sounds like i'm a little unsure it's only because um you know the group of friends that i have we all are uh Think, like thinkers where we kind of don't want to put our problems on each other, I guess. Got it. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess when I, when I say, you know, I believe so, because I guess if it was a, you know, you have some that are, that are pretty much like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a call and let it all out. And then you have some that you kind of got to observe and then, you know, ask them about it and then they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I think aside from the idea of us, of each other, not wanting to put our feelings and emotions on each other. Yeah. But definitely, I, you know, I believe so. And I right. hope that I will hope that they feel that way. You know? Right. Absolutely. And I feel you on that because it, that's how I am. Also, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to burden anybody. So let me. Uh, let me just sit back here and and, and think on this. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I, I'm a thinker. I will think on something <laughs> for a month of Sundays, as my grandma would say, um, and just like well was it like that or and even when i'm in a debate or a heated conversation sometimes i won't say the thing that i know i should say because of what it may do to the person so it's like even when i'm upset with you i'm still caring about you and sometimes i absolutely dislike that part of myself but at the end of the day I love that part because some people that'll just fly off at the mouth, hurt your feelings, bring you down and walk away and won't even, you know, think twice about it. Um, 
And maybe that's just how they express themselves. Is your wife like that? Are you both? Are you both of you like that? No. Um, now, my, my wife won't hurt your feelings, but in her bag, if she if she if she needed to, she will bring that out. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, have you seen have you seen the TikTok when it's like um, me when someone is when someone tries to be mean to my past progressive husband? Yeah. And like the, the wife like jumps in. That's her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if it's our family, she's like absolutely not. Um, all all bets are off. If it comes to her family, all bets are off. But if it's her, she's like, okay, go ahead and say what you got to say. Uh, okay, all right, mm-hmm, cool. Okay. And and she'll still love you. But if it's her family, then you know it. It's time for you to go. You mu- you you must be ushered out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can get that respectfully. I get it. Right. <laughs> so it's like, and 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 honestly, it that has helped me. Yeah. Because you can't railroad me the way you used to be able to railroad me. I used to let people. Uh, sorry for the screaming, y'all. That's my one year old upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to let people run over me like I ninety five, and I would get back up. And I would still be there and everything and do whatever you wanted me to do. And then I would let you run over me again. And then I would get back up. And it was the same thing over and over again. And I think my wife rubbed off on me a little bit because I started cutting people off. I'm like, nope, you're not going to run over me. Not anymore. Mm-mm, not happening. And I would just begin to get the scissors out and just cut the threads. Yeah. And then, you know, you get those text messages. Hey, what's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just tired of being treated like trash. So I've decided to. You got to be that way sometimes. You know, right. That's good for you, even emotionally. Talking about what we're talking about. Emotionally, I think. And people think that, I guess, like men don't have that that uh, thing where it's like, you know, oh, you know, being emotionally drained from some, you know, from someone or a group of people. Mm. And, uh, you know, you want to just have to cut people off or kind of like let them know like hey like it's basically set 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 a boundary right absolutely like you're not going to treat me like that you're not going to talk to me like that you know but you know when you stop doing what people have been so accustomed to doing to you for so long they're like whoa what's wrong with you nothing what's wrong with you (laughs) like why did you think it was okay for you to treat me that way for so long what did I do to make you feel like it was okay to do that? Right. I all, all I ever did was be be good to you. All I ever did was always show up for you. All I ever did was be the one you could always count on. But then all you ever did was treat me like crap. And let me ask you, did does that go back to your... Because you did say you were raised by women, right? Mm-hmm. So that all that ties into be, you being emotionally available to others and to people? So I would say with that, I can't tailor that to being raised by women because my mom and my sisters, they play that not like my mom and my sisters are throw down, knockout women like they do not play. They play no games like not with each other, not with strangers, not with outsiders. So I don't know where that came from, allowing people to run over me and just take complete advantage. I have no clue where that came from. I just so. be a personality trait, I guess. But yeah. I, I mean, but that's gone now. Yeah, I, I ain't having no more. <laughs> it's easy 
even out. Like, you know, you say, because your wife kind of helped right. get along. So I guess that's what, hey. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's like, no, no one's going to be taking advantage of you anymore. No. What, what did they want? No, no, we're not. We're not doing that. You know and what? then it started to become me. Like, what? Like, no, mm-mm, I'm good. I feel you, though. I feel you. I'm, I'm like that. I had to be that way with, with my wife, you know, because she was my wife is much like you. OK. Like you in the area. And like now she's like, no, because, you know, she's had to develop boundaries and some things are not OK. And no, right. This is not a topic of conversation. This is not okay to discuss. This is not, this is not, because you know, when people feel comfortable doing something for so long, mm-hmm. and that it kind of, when you stop making yourself emotionally available to someone's crap, so mm. it's kind of like it just, it sets a whole new tone in who you are and what you identify with, even with your emotions. So, right. And, and boundaries, boundaries are hard. Yeah. I, I know they were hard for me. Like they're hard to, set because you're like if i set this boundary this person might not like me and then i don't know what they're going to be saying about me and all this stuff starts to go through our head but then you get to a point where you're like you know what i don't care what you say about me and i don't care how you feel about me because you never really banged with me to begin with if you could treat me like that that's true and it's like when you get that in your head it's so freeing bro like i i remember when i started to um you know like be able to do that and be able to tell someone no that's not okay like you're not gonna you're not gonna treat me like that you're not gonna talk to me that way you're not gonna just show up whenever you want to show up and thing is when when that happened it was almost like i went to sleep on friday Woke up on Saturday and it was like that. I know the process was a lot more grueling. <laughs> but when I was able to wake up and that happened, and now it's like my day to day, it feels so good. Like it, it's good for me. And in a sense, when I when I think about it, it's kind of like adult bullying. Like I was letting you bully me by doing whatever it is you wanted to do to me, That's knowing it was wrong. Okay. I believe that. That is a real thing. I believe in that adult bullying is a real thing. Yeah. Um, as adults, we can have a tendency to sometimes take advantage. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. Like, this, these are things that happen amongst men, too. I guess, but people just kind of, you know, like, men go through these things, too. Men go right. through these emotions and, these, and having to set boundaries and this kind of thing. Like, these are, these are real-life topics, and this is why I can appreciate uh, your podcast, bro. Like, I really cannot appreciate you bringing up, like, issues like these or these conversations um, and bringing things like this to the table because, yeah. man, this needs to be covered, bro. I swear it does. And, and it's needed. And I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm a man. So if I felt a conversation like this is needed, I'm not alone. Like, like you felt a conversation like this. If two men <laughs> out of the billions of men that are <laughs> roaming the earth felt this is, a, this is needed, then I'm like, I know there are more. And it's like, what can we do? And you and I have already started talking about that, which is something we'll bring to the uh, podcast later. Um, but like, how can, we, how can we get all of us to move forward, be okay with our emotions, be okay with expressing our emotions? Like, if, if I see my friend is hurt and they are in the middle of a crowded street, I'm going to walk over to him and I'm going to give him a hug. And let him know it, it's it's cool. 
is going to be okay and feel no kind of way about it. I don't care who's watching. I don't care if it's a drone above us filming the whole thing. Yeah. I need him to know it, it's going to be okay. Because I don't want it to get worse than whatever it is in that moment that he's going through. That's dope. And I think that's dope. I have a friend that, um, so like whether we, like when we all go out or if we go, just anything that, anytime we see each other, uh, and even if he comes by the business or whatever, he'll, um, like before we leave, he'll always like give me a handshake or he'll give me like a hug or all of us and he'll say, I love you. Right. Yeah. He's, and that's his thing. Like he, he, he's like faithfully, he does that. Like it doesn't, and I've, and this is something like part of me, of course it's normal now, but when him and I first met and he would do that, it did, he did it regardless what mm -hmm. no was around, no matter if we were like, it just anywhere, he, he, wherever he would depart from his friends, his male friends, he would, it would literally, he would say, you know, give us a handshake, you know, let, let, let him know when we get home, he'd say, I love you. And mm -hmm. I think he should normalize that kind of thing. Absolutely. Your brothers amongst your friends, like why, you know, like women do this all the time. Women all the time. And this and that. And so I'm like, why, why is it, we have to start to make this thing normal, even in the topic of like the emotions and vulnerability, but also like telling your brother, like, yo, I love you. Like be yes. safe. And that's his thing. And not like, and ever since, you know, he, did that I became more vocal with that thing. I think you know I picked that up from him. So it's like, mm -hmm. I think it, that is is dope. Yeah, I really do. I really feel like it's dope, and I feel like it's something that I think men need to normalize their emotions, and it's okay to say. Yes, it's okay to tell your friend I love you, and keep it going. Like keep it moving. Don't ask me. <laughs> uh, everything good? Yeah, everything's great. Like I, I have a, I have, you know, I, and I'll every now and then I'll send out like I've, I've this year, I made it a, um, a priority to be intentional. If you pop into my head, I'm going to text you. I'm just going to pick up my phone. I'm going to text you a, how are you? And that, that's just that. Um, and then every, I'll pick up my phone. I'll just send out a text message. I love you. Boom. And that three words, that's it. And I remember I sent it, I sent it to my cousin and I was like, yo, cousin, love you. Or yo, cousin, I love you. Boom. Send. Hit I love you too. Everything good? Yeah, everything's great. I'm just letting you know that I love you. <laughs> like, it does, it's, it's nothing behind it. It's just, I love you. I need you to know that. Did you know that? Are you aware of that? Okay, cool. Now we can move on to the next thing. It's a male, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you know females that, never ask me, are, are, is everything okay? It's just like, they're like, oh, I love you too. Why is that thing though? We have to really like, man, that's crazy. We really got to change that because yeah. we automatically get everything cool. Like, what's up? Like, something, you sick? Something mm -hmm. health? And it's like, they automatically look at it as like, something has to be wrong to say that. And I think right. Emotions, man. Because it doesn't. Everything can be A, 100% okay. And I'm just letting you know that I love you. You have somebody, if you didn't hear from anybody else today, you heard it from me. So, you know, somebody on this earth today loves you and that's it. So I think it's a lot of things that we got to, we have to normalize, you know, um, with men. We all came from a woman. So there are some things that women do that we should be allowed to do. Like say, I love you and keep it pushing. Yeah, man, it's so many things.
Let's just let's normalize that, you know, without it having to be anything behind it. Yo, what you need? I don't need anything. (laughs) I'm just letting you know. All right, I'm just letting you know right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, bro, it's you know, but but I I think it's possible. I really do. I, I think it's possible. Enough of us just have to start and it'll just become i will say this though i i'm i'm proud of us and i and i said this on instagram the other day i am proud of us men specifically like i said black men i don't want to make it just about black i'm I'm proud of all all of us but you know but no it it is what it is sometimes you do have to go seeing my community you know Mm -hmm. like we've came a long way in our even in our generation, I guess they call us the millennials, right? Right. So we've got so accustomed to like mental health being okay to be mm-hmm. talked about, therapy being okay, um, you know, being able to ha- like literally self care and and all these different things that have become a part of our daily life and routine. Right. I'm proud of us because I will say that we've came a long way. And I say that because even thinking about my parents or, uh, you know, my father. Uh, so I was I was raised by my stepfather when since I was two. But I, re- I met my real father when I was 21. OK. So but even looking at them and so many different things that they weren't necessarily uh, privy to, or they talked about in mental health therapy or emotions or vulnerability and that kind of thing. Us as men today has came a long way where we're becoming more open to that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I want to give kudos to us. You know, I'm proud of us because yeah. you know it's not the way that you and I make you know are right now and today, but. I think we came a long way. And I think if we continue as millennials and our generation to keep pushing the envelope or, you know, sealing this, this mandate, that's pretty much like, Hey, you know, we're men, us too, you mm-hmm. know, us too, you know, men are like, okay, well, we want to, we want to treat you like Queens, but we want to treat you, you should treat us like Kings too. Like so many different things about men and self-care and mental health has, is becoming more normal. And I'm, I'm truly proud of us. I, I agree. I agree. Because now it's like when, when our parents were coming up, it's probably like therapy, boy, go sit down right. and like go take a bath. Like that, that's right. As close as you get. But now it's like, yo, I went to see my therapist. Now, oh, you got a therapist? And it's like, yeah, you don't. All right, well, here's, here's the card. Right. Give, give them a call. I'm going to tell them that you're going to call them. And if you don't call them, then I'm going to call you. No, for real. It really so, is. Yeah, I agree. We, we've definitely. Um, normalized that and we're just going to pass it down it's just going to go you know to generations and make it be known like my grandparents didn't seek therapy and their parents didn't seek therapy but my parents did and that makes me know that it's okay and there is talking to somebody about what's going on so that your insides don't become that soda bottle they stay water you're able to remain calm in certain situations where once you would pop off and it would be a total different a totally different result so i i I definitely agree with you on um being proud of us and you know some of us need to take a bow because coming from where some of us have come from 
and to still be here and to still be as sane as we are, that certainly deserves a round of applause because I know some people who have gone through things that would take some people out of here and they, 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 they stay standing, they keep their head up, but then they go see their therapist. They talk about it. They express that emotion. Um, and then they're on, they're on to the next thing. So, yeah. I love that. I think that's needed. And I think all of it kind of ties to, and the good thing about us, and I keep going back to this millennial thing is, so we're that in-between generation where it's like we were before the internet and now, and we, so we experienced life before the internet and then life now with the internet. Right. Social media, we experience all of this not being normal, talking about self-care and mm-hmm. And then we experienced when it was after. So we literally got to see the transition of us and mainly even talking about men, we really got to live out this experience of like self-care being, you know, okay and normal for men. And I think if we keep doing this thing that we're doing, whatever, you know, this thing is, if we keep doing this thing, our children, like our son, your son, my son and, and their children and stuff, but I think by the time it reaches them, I think if we're going to continually break the generational curses or, or different stigmas about men not being able to cry in their emotions. Mm-hmm. And if it gets to them, it's going to be such a thing in the world where, prayerfully, that, you know, hey, man, like you're, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. You don't break it down into like, oh, women can cry, men can't. It just like human beings can cry. Right. And I think if we keep doing this thing that we're doing, I agree. I I agree. Yep. And and then it's not going to be a whole thing of, well, in my house, we did it. It's just going to be in my house. We did it this way. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I agree, bro. Like this has been um, a great conversation, man. And I uh, now I think it's something for you to come back. Because I, I've I've had a great time, yeah, um, talk just talking talking about this, and I hope that all of you listening have also enjoyed hearing the story and the testimony, um, from my brother Khalif, and you know just know that it, it's okay whoever you are, whatever gender you are, your emotions are okay to express and nobody should make you feel less than because they're because of your emotions they're they're yours you you feel them for a reason it's just like feelings people try to tell people oh you shouldn't feel that way don't try to tell me how i should feel and how i shouldn't feel this is how i feel and i want to let you know um you know so but yeah, I hope that y'all have had a great time. Um, bro, again, I thank you for, for your time and, you know, sacrificing time with your family. I, I definitely, you know, do not take that for granted. I appreciate you. Um, and, and any last words before we, before we wrap this thing? Um, well, yeah, man. I, I, like you said, I appreciate you, myself coming on a lot, giving me the platform to discuss, you know, things around this centered around this subject man and i also um 
you know, I'm looking forward to working with you. Know, of course, I want to work with you in the future with so many different other things that we had talked about. But right, definitely keeping this keeping this conversation on the table. Yes, table absolutely. Beyond the coffee table, beyond. <laughs> I just want to keep it alive, and you know, and we keep this thing going. So yeah, man, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. And if y'all want to get in touch with Khalif, I'm definitely going to um, put his social media information in the description of uh, the bio of this podcast. And if y'all are in the Philadelphia, Jersey, Delaware region, he and his awesome wife have a dope performing arts center um, called the Jukebox. Or I'm sorry, I got it right, right? The Jukebox, yep. The Jukebox, jukebox. yep, called the Jukebox. it is in Philadelphia, and they do some incredible things with some incredible kids. Um, are, do y'all go above kids, or is it just children right now? In all ages, we have uh, voice, drum, piano, dance, uh, guitar. We do artist development. We also do creative branding. So we offer a series of things around the arts. Hey, there it is. Straight, straight, from, straight from the owner and CEO of the company, um, but I'm going to have him and his wife come on to an episode so that y'all can hear even more about the incredible things that they are doing with the arts and with people of of all ages. But again, bro, I, I appreciate you. I love you. And um, give my best to the family, man. Love you too, bro. Thank you. A- absolutely. I'll see you soon. Thank you.